Bonjour. Hello. Hola. Marhaba bikum. Hello and welcome to Your Planet, a new podcast series from the international news agency AFP in association with The Conversation. I'm Anna Cunningham. Do you ever wonder what kind of world our future generations will inherit? It's a big question, yes, but one that has the climate crisis at its heart. In the past year, AFP journalists around the world have witnessed the many struggles to find solutions to save the planet. The hunt for fixes that work is ever more pressing as communities worldwide witness extreme weather events that climate scientists say are linked to our own activities on the planet. The struggle might be uphill, but we're not here to send you into a spiral of climate anxiety. We're here for a journey of discovery. Join us as we travel across both the Northern and Southern Hemisphere to explore the solutions, hoping to speed up our move to a more sustainable future on Earth. So before we dive into the solutions, the fixes that people are looking into, let's start with an explainer on where in the world we are. And I'm not talking about Paris or London, but the Earth's geological epoch. And for this, we need to go to Canada, eastern Canada to be precise, and the Great Lakes region. Underwater in Lake Crawford is ground zero for scientists. It's here, they say, that holds the best archive of evidence that the Earth has entered the Anthropocene, the proposed geological epoch characterised by humanity's impact on the planet. Anthropos in ancient Greek means human being and scene, geological age, quite literally the age of human beings. Examining the contents of sediment extracted from the lake is Paul Hamilton. He's an ecologist from the Canadian Museum of Nature. So uh, this lake is a very special lake because the sediments at the bottom of the lake capture changes. We can see local disturbance, local effect, or we can look at what we call regional effects or area effects, and that is uh, pollution from the local cities. We can also document global change and global change is atmospheric deposition of chemicals. It's a lake of real geological treasure. The layered sediment at the bottom is laced with a history of human activity. They found microplastics, traces of fossil fuel burning, and even traces of plutonium from nuclear bomb explosions. These then are the 1950s. The layers, once dated like rings of a tree, show the imprint of our activities on the planet. It'll be very clear once I've done this. Oh, magic. Also lakeside is Tim Patterson, professor of geology at Ottawa's Carlton University. We are currently living in a geological epoch that's called the Holocene. And it marks the period from 10,800 years ago up to the present time when the last glacial cycle ended, last major glaciation, and then we had this sort of warmer interval that we're in right now. We're going straight in. Okay, I guess we're, yes. we're going in straight. Then we will turn. Yeah. Then we will turn. Okay. 
So, if a temperate and very stable climate is what allowed humanity and ecosystems to flourish, what then pushed Earth towards this proposed Anthropocene epoch? We spoke to Francine McCarthy, Professor of Earth Sciences at Brock University in Ontario, for her take. She says everything spiralled out of control with the onset of the industrial and agricultural revolutions and the subsequent exponential growth of the world's population. The Anthropocene is the interval of time that the Earth has been altered sufficiently by the activities of humans to behave differently now. So the interaction of the different aspects of the Earth system, the atmosphere, the water, the hydrosphere and so on, it happens differently than it did for 12,000 years before. So, when did this new epoch for Earth begin? Well, geologists have been debating this for years. It's agreed the Industrial Revolution of the 19th century was an instigator, but they now believe that Earth moved properly into this epoch in the 1950s, as Francine McCarthy explains. Beginning with the Second World War and after, there was a massive increase in consumption by humans, of everything, uh, production of plastics, consumption of fossil fuels, uh, and thus the production of pollution. All of these things existed before 1950, but they increased so dramatically. This is called the Great Acceleration. And um, the record that the Anthropocene Working Group relies on most is the fallout of plutonium from the atmosphere with the nuclear testing, particularly in the 1950s to 1963. And those traces from nuclear tests carried out years ago were found in many places, including sediment in Lake Crawford in Canada. Experts say the climate warning signs of humanity's impact on Earth were there from the 1980s. Suddenly, very suddenly, within a few years, everything changed. And we see that in the increase in things like flooding and drought. We see that in uh, many aspects that, we, that affect humans and economies and lives. So the, the difference in how the Earth is responding to things is a very important thing to capture in the geologic timescale because it's a fundamental shift. And it is our hope that this will make humans think about their actions on a global scale. If geologists, who after all are the people who, I, who found the, the plutonium in the rocks and the petroleum in the rocks, if they accept that there is a fundamental change that's due to humans, then maybe action will be taken. It has taken years of deliberation to get to a point where the Canadian lake was chosen as ground zero, but formally declaring a new epoch for Earth, well, that's some way off from being official. And not everyone agrees it's a geological reality. Groups representing more than one million geoscientists worldwide are taking it through a series of votes. And the final decision won't be made until August 2024 at the 37th International Geological 
People Congress in South Korea. Official or not, one Swedish professor is not waiting and is determined to examine the threat to humanity of this proposed new era. The Holocene is our reference point. It is the only state of the Earth system that can support the modern world as we know it, the world that we call civilization. Meet Johan Rockström head of the Stockholm Resilience Centre at Stockholm University. He's a professor in environmental science with an emphasis on water resources and global sustainability. With fellow researchers, he's worked on a guide to assess Earth's imbalances and set targets for overcoming them. And can we scientifically quantify a boundary within which we have a high likelihood of keeping the system in a Holocene-like state? but beyond which we are at risk of pushing the system irreversibly away from that state. The purpose of the Planetary Boundary Framework is not to be a doomsday warning to humanity, it is to be the guide to navigate the Anthropocene. Now, remember at the start of this podcast journey together, we said we're on the hunt for those putting in efforts to find solutions. Well, this is where Johan and his team have really been crunching the numbers. They've come up with a set of parameters, nine in total, that they call planetary boundaries. These define limits within which Earth's life support systems are considered manageable. Think of it like a health check for the planet. But the theory says once those boundaries are breached, Earth gets pushed out of a safe operating space for humanity. The boundaries include preserving biodiversity, fresh water, land use and fighting against greenhouse gases, ozone-depleting chemicals, as well as novel entities which include plastics and man-made chemicals, aerosols and nutrient overloads. One supporter of these planetary boundaries is the Netherlands-based leading environmental scientist Joita Gupta. She's a professor of environment and development in the Global South at the University of Amsterdam. And she shares the 2007 Nobel Peace Prize for her work on climate change. So the framework of planetary boundaries and the current discussion that is going on on Earth system boundaries uh, is trying to say that at the global level, the way we have used our resources, we are causing damage to the ecological functioning of the system of the Earth. Uh, So in that sense, a planetary boundary is a very interesting idea. But as Joita points out, there's never going to be one solution that works for every country. Let me give you an example. This is a northern solution that doesn't work in the south. So we have these um, small heaters that you can put into a plug point. uh, And that can just heat the area around the person sitting. So you don't need to heat the whole room. And I took some for my mother, but it doesn't work in India because then it uh, you put it into the plug point and the whole system collapses because it's it requires more energy than that plug point can uh, support. And those nine planetary boundaries Johan's been working on, six of them, his team agree, are in the red. And so here we are, raising that climate anxiety again. But remember, we're on the hunt for solutions. So the big question is, how do those six red planetary boundaries move back into Earth's safe zones? 
Next time on Your Planet, we'll step back to the 1980s when it was all about the ozone and one giant hole. But that's on the mend now, right? We'll go looking for the lessons to be learned and how they might help today. Join us then. And if you're keen to read more, then do head to The Conversation. You'll find an article by the French economist Victor Court about our addiction to fossil fuels. Details are on our page and we'll hear more from him in our next episode. I'm Anna Cunningham and this has been an AFP audio production brought to you in association with The Conversation. Production by Camille Kaufman. The executive producer is Michaela Cancela-Kiefer. News gathering on the ground in Canada by Marion Thibault and Mathieu Laissé and Marlo Hood in Paris. Sound design is by Nicolas Vert. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do share your thoughts with us. You can email podcasts at afp.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review so others know where to find us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>